Adams. <laughs> Background music, yeah. folks. This is Andy and Hedia, coming live from Orange County, California. On a Friday night. Our night stream. It's not that night. It's dark, but well, it's only 5 30. At least the wind stopped. I thought the house was going to blow over <laughs> and land on top of me like oh, the Wicked Witch in the West. What is it? No, the three little pigs. Yeah, I huffed and I puffed and I blow the house down. Hey, go to CaliforniaParentalize.org. guys but we're testing these things out we gotta, see, <laughs> we gotta see if we like them if we could we could work with them i wonder if we should put the music on when we're reading the scripture what oh, it's distracting it's competing is it really yeah if we put on the law lofi that's super annoying <laughs> in the middle of the scripture really yeah how about maybe that's Um, Smith Wigglesworth devotional for January 21st. No. <laughs> hey, what do you guys think? Oh, where'd you go? We had people out. And we put, they, they go, we're not putting up with this music crap. <laughs> All right, my friends, we'll get, we'll get with it. We're just trying these new things out and we need to test them in front of you. So you can guys, guys, so you can guys can let us know if you like it or not. All right, we're reading from Smith Wigglesworth Devotional, and today is your lucky day because I only read half of it. And Hedy gets to read the other half. Oh, no. Way better. <clears throat> but it's long, so you don't want to listen to me. Two-pager. Um, January 21st, dare to believe! Exclamation point. References Romans 4.17, and it mm. says, as it, is, as it is written, I have made you a father of many nations. Is that one kid up right because there's a lot, a lot resting on that one yes. kid. Yes, or two kids, as it may be. Uh, scripture reading is Genesis 15 3 through 6 and 18 9 through 15. Smith says, Here are Sarah, her body is almost dead, and Abraham, his body is almost dead. Now, says Abraham, God has made me a father of many nations, and there is no hope of a son according to the natural law. Is no hope, whatever. Here God says, I have made you a father of many nations, yet Abraham has no son. During the past 20 years of waiting, conditions had grown more and more hopeless, yet the promise had been made. How long have you believed and still suffered from some disease? How long have you been waiting for the promise and it has not come? Do you need to wait? Look here. I want to tell you that all the people who are saved are blessed with faithful Abraham. Abraham is the great substance of the whole keynote of scripture. He is a man who dared for 25 years to believe God when everything got worse every day. That is, that is pretty. Yeah. I do not know anything in the scriptures as marvelous, as far reaching and as full of the substance of living reality change us if we will believe god it will make us so different mm. this is a blessed incarnation of living faith that changes us and makes us know 
that God is and that he is a wonderful of a rewarder, sorry, of those who diligently seek him. God is a reality. God is true. And in him, there is no lie or shadow of turning. Oh, it is good. I do love to think about such truths as these. No subject in the whole Bible makes my body aflame with passion after God and his righteousness as this one does. I see that he never fails. He wants man to believe, and then man will never fail. Oh, the loveliness of the character of God. A father of many nations, you talk about your infirmities. Look at this. I have never felt I have had an infirmity since I understood this chapter. My cup runs over as I see the magnitude of this God. It is almost as if Abraham had said, I won't look at my body. I won't look at my infirmities. I believe God will make the whole thing right. Amen. Some of us can say, what does it matter if I have not heard for over 70 or 20, uh, 20 years? Right? I believe my ears will be perfect. God is reality and wants us to know that if it will be perfect. God gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. And God tested Abraham and Sarah still further than that. Oh, it is blessed to know you are tested. It is the greatest thing in the world to be tested. Some people say, oh, I don't know why my lot is such a heavy one. And God puts them into the fire again. He knows how to do it. I can tell you he is a blessed God. There's no such thing as a groan when God gets a hold of you. There's no such thing as lack to those who trust the Lord. When we really get in the will of God, he can make our enemies to be at peace with us. It's so wonderful. I wonder if you really believe that God can quicken what is dead. I have seen it so many times. The more there was no hope, Abraham believed in hope. Sometimes Satan will cloud your mind and interfere with your perceptions so that the obscure condition is brought right in between you and God. But God is able to change the whole position if you will let him have a chance. Turn your back on every sense of unbelief and believe God. There are some who would like to feel the presence or the touch of God. God will bring it to you. I wish people could come to this place. Abraham had a good time. The more he was squeezed, the more he rejoiced. And not being weak in faith, he did not consider his own body already dead. He was about 100 years old and the deadness of Sarah's womb. He did not waver at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strengthened in faith, giving glory to God. God knows he has a plan. He has a way. Do you dare to trust him? Thought for today. You never know what you're made of until you are tested. So dang true. Yes. All right. What hit you? There's a few things you, you were looking up there. It seems like you were working on something. Well, no, I just wanted to make sure I understand uh, the historical, the chronological context of the birth of Ishmael and Isaac. And I, I knew that Ishmael came first, but. So for I us uh, newbies, what's the significance of oh, Ishmael? Oh, very significant. <laughs> okay. So Abraham comes home and tells Sarah, I heard from the Lord. I'm going to have, a, I'm going to be the father of many nations. I'm going to have, we're going to have a son. And she's like, what? what? I'm not having a son. Go sleep with the maid. Yes. Woofa. So he's like, sleep with the maid. And she's like, yes, you need to have a son. And he's like, oh, okay, fine then. And I, I mean, she was obviously a lot younger than Sarah was. And they have a maid and they lived in a tent. <laughs> like, a, like a female servant, I guess. Mm -hmm. 
I, you know, I, but they were wealthy. Oh. Abraham was uh, yeah, Abraham was wealthy. So, Hagar mm -hmm. gets pregnant and has a son. Sarah flips out because Abraham's so nice um, to Sarah and Ishmael, and so he uh, Sarah says kick, kicks uh, her out of the house, mm -hmm. and Abraham is forced to send them off into the desert. And then the scripture that we read in Genesis 17, the Lord's like, yeah, no, that's not the son. I'm making a covenant with you. What do you suppose? I'm so sorry. Why do you suppose God waited until after all that to tell, like, why do you say, but that's, hey, get out of that, uh, the, the because, helps tent. Because God doesn't do that. Uh -oh. You know? And I mean, and depending on what version of history, of, of Bible theology you accept, the Muslims lay claim to Ishmael. And for the entire time of the descendants of the prophets in the line of Isaac, so the covenant passes from Sarah, the legitimate wife, to Isaac and all of their descendants, those descendants are constantly fought by the descendants of Ishmael. They were constantly warring tribes. So and there was a wisdom ultimately their, in it. Their, their um, reason for thinking so, because to Abraham, he was the first son. To Ishmael, he's the first son. Yeah. And yes, and so they think he's the firstborn. And firstborn. yeah, and the, and the Bible even speaks that it doesn't matter who's the firstborn. It's a matter of who the covenant passes to. And it has to pass through a legitimate wife. And, and I often tell Muslims, I was like, listen, you, do you understand you are following the child of a concubine? Mm -hmm. That's not, that, that cannot be the heir. In Islamic law, it's not the heir. A uh, child of a concubine that's not from a legitimate wife cannot inherit from the father. Mm -hmm. So I was like, you don't even believe it in Islamic law. Why would you believe it from scripture? Oh, right. That doesn't so, make any sense. Yeah. 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 I but, didn't know that. Thank you. But Pastor Jack um, does not mm -hmm. believe that the Muslims have any claim to Ishmael um, at all, that it's actually just a separate person and uh, a group of descendants that are a warring tribe. So there's a difference of, a, of scholarly opinion on that subject. But what hit me about this is what I brought up to you today about the promises of God, because uh, the Lord has given me a promise um, about Zara, um, our daughter, and it is so hard to believe it when I see her sometimes. And, and even though I get frustrated with how off the rails it seems that she is at times, I hold on to the promise of the Lord. And I know because he said it, it will come to pass. And I don't know if it's going to take five years, 10 years, 15 years, but I will see it because the Lord never goes back on his word and his word never comes back void. So uh, that's just my little version of the weight and the testing and the burning that happens in the testing because you're just, I'm, you know, at times watching this train wreck thinking to myself, oh no. Like, why? Like, why are you doing this? This is not, this doesn't end this way, you know? But uh, when you surrender it to the Lord, you realize that everything happens um, in his timing. Uh, it's funny that this devotional comes up now. Um, my son, Kelly, um, our son, Kelly, has a, um, a project mm -hmm. where he interviewed me and he wanted pictures to put because he they asked me about where I was born and where I grew up and where I went to high school and and then becoming a police officer and then what I do now. So there's a it's a video of interview of my life. And so 
for me to, to help him. I had to find pictures of all those different stages of my life. And so as I'm looking through, because I have to look at a lot of pictures, like five different photo albums to find something that helped. It reminds me of, of how long and how many things, how long it's been. I was 58 when we met. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and as I go through those pictures, how much of stuff I've been through. It's a lot of good. And a few things like, oh man, we were so happy. You know, the 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 the, uh, the, the mother of the, the kids. You know, like, oh, we had that moment of happiness. Like, and then again, it all went horribly wrong. And in the prayers, I remember having at the time, and seeking help from the church. You know, and it, it's kind of like this. Like, so it, it's interesting because even though had these ups and downs and the difficulties that were not answered. I mean, those very first questions, how, uh, how long have you suffered from some disease? How long have you been waiting for the promise? And it has not come. And I remember laying in bed or, you know, and I remember being on a hill up in the big bear all by myself out on this little cliff, not to jump off the okay. cliff, <laughs> to pray to God <laughs> and saying I don't know. I don't, I I'm going to church. I'm doing all these things. And I, what, what, do, what do I need to do? What is it? What do I need to change? And he may have given me the answers and I just ignored them and may have been talking and I just didn't hear him. But I remember being there and saying, listen, like, I don't know what else to do. I don't, I don't, you know, but the good news is at that time, I never, I never, you know, went back to being agnostic. I never, said, forget it, I'm going to become atheist. I never did any of those things. but just continued on this path until it made sense. And it wasn't until I was 50, probably 56 or 57 when Jesus came to me in, in Utah. And, um, and so it's, it's obviously this story. <laughs> I, it's a, this is my, that was my Abraham story, that there was so many different directions and so many things. I've nearly, I nearly died probably five different times, either being shot by a bad guy, or crashed my car in a horrific crash to nearly drowning when I was younger. And you think of all those things, like, why do you keep allowing me to live? Yeah. And then I had COVID, you know, and all this kind of stuff where I was in the hospital. And it really is interesting now how this story kind of brings it all together. Like it just says, you have to, you have to believe. Nice. And what were you believing? I I think I was believing that I could do it with God's help. Ah, I mean, do what? Like we were going to do this together. You and God. Yes. Okay. Like, I, I, I'll do a little bit and you do a little bit. I'll do it my way. And then you tell me somewhere along the line where I need to change my way. <laughs> and, or I'll tell you what it is I need to do. Like there was a whole bunch of that. Yes. Always. And uh, it wasn't until he just said, I'm just going to keep beating you. I'm going to keep <laughs> kicking you in the face and knocking you down. And, and, uh, and he loved me so much that he just continued because I'm going to keep tripping you. It was like the, the kid that walks behind you and like kicks your feet off <laughs> of you. Uh, and I hope that all makes sense, but it's, it's, it, it all makes sense as you go through, you know, as, as Smith takes you through this and says, you know, it's just, you got to believe, just, you got to believe it may pay, take 25 years. It may take 57 years. <laughs> and, uh, to give you that family, to give them that family, they had to be patient. And at a time where you wouldn't think it would happen. The last thing now it just hit me is that the, for all of it to happen, I had to finally tell God, okay, I give, I, I give. 
and that, there was that moment. And I just said, you know what? I give up. I'm going to, I'm just going to follow you. Just tell me what to do. Oh, and uh, that's when everything began to change. So I hope that all makes sense. But um, I know not all of you have been on, you know, for the last two years that we've been doing this, but uh, it takes that moment where you just say, you know, I need to, I, I need to stop believing that I can do this. Obviously I, I couldn't. <laughs> God is so good. And couldn't is a word. Just so you know. Yes. <laughs> Could not do it. Um, anything come to mind? Um, did you ever have that moment where you just, I mean, I, yeah, I know the story, but you ever had that moment where, uh, what, what, what did it take to get to a moment where you just got fell to the ground and said, all right, all right. <laughs> well, I mean, you, you, you know, that story for me is that I, I had left Islam and had no relationship with God. So I felt like my life was, absolute chaos because I was used to being a worshiper and mm -hmm. it wasn't until I met uh, the, the Lord Jesus Christ that I realized, ah, so this is what God can do. Mm -hmm. um, because I think the most depressing part of leaving Islam was realizing that I had not changed. It was monkey in monkey out. Mm -hmm. 25 years later, I was the same crappy person I was <laughs> when I sought out Islam like I was literally in a cage and the cage door opened and that same rotten person came back out again. Yeah, you couldn't leave the rotten part in the in cage. In the cage, you know, I, I would have been like, oh, but the Lord was just demonstrating to me like, uh, okay, so are you done with this uh, cult-like nonsense you've been involved in? <laughs> and, and, I had, and I had to reach the end of it and come out of it so broken that I would be able to accept the Lord because mm -hmm. I had no context for being Christian. I had, you know, a, one Christian friend and otherwise absolutely no point of reference. So there was, I would never have sought out Jesus. That wouldn't, I mean, like I would have sought out Buddha before Jesus because I had no context for Jesus. Mm. And then he just reached out and touched me. <laughs> but, uh, I just thought of this, um, growing up in Beverly Hills, um, there was a large Jewish community. Yeah, no, no Christians. How was it you thought that you, how was it that you didn't go from, uh, Islam to well do you remember the story my the beginning of my story when I tried to be I tried to convert to Judaism oh yes yeah Before, so yeah, yeah that, that was when that I was in high school yeah. that didn't work out at all <laughs> so there's like I had you know the Jewish family tell me oh are you kidding like you can't convert to being Jewish we're, we're chosen people you're not you're not born Jewish yeah. you're never going to be Jewish and so that just eliminated trying to be Jewish for the rest of my life no, I never, wasn't going to go never back thought about it again it was like, you know, I'd been there, done that. Well, you want to be a chosen person. I wanted to be a chosen person, but I was told I, would, I couldn't you be could. a chosen person. I didn't know anything about being grafted into the family of God. Right. That Gentiles were equal to Jews. But <laughs> All right, let's get to a couple of these scriptures. We've got Romans 4, 17, which was the, the reference at the top. As it is written, I made you a father of many nations in the presence of him who believed God, who gives life to the dead and calls those things which do not exist as though they did. Things that don't exist as if they did. Because he's the creator of all things. He can make anything happen. Right. Genesis 5, 3, 15, 5 through, 3 through 6. Wow. Then Abraham, then Abram, this is before he was called Abraham, 
said, look, you've given me no offspring. Indeed, one born in my house is my heir. And behold, the word of the Lord came to him saying, this one, he was referring to his servant, shall not be your heir, but one who will come from your own body shall be your heir. Then he brought him outside and said, look now toward the heaven and count the stars if you're able to number them. And he said to him, so shall your descendants be. And he believed in the Lord and he and accounted to him for righteousness. This is funny. This dialogue, the banter between Abraham and Sarah. Mm -hmm. Then they said to him, where is Sarah, your wife? These angels had come to visit him. So he said, here in the tent. And he said, I will certainly return to you according to the time of life. And behold, Sarah, your wife shall have a son. Sarah was listening in the tent, which was behind him. Now Abraham and Sarah were old, well advanced in age, and Sarah had passed the age of childbearing. Therefore, Sarah laughed within herself, saying, after I've grown old, shall I have pleasure, my Lord, being old also? And the Lord said to Abraham, why did Sarah laugh? Surely I surely bear, shall I surely bear a child since I am old? Is anything too hard for the Lord? At the appointed time, I will return to you according to the time of life, and Sarah shall have a son. Not just Abraham will have a son. Sarah will have a son. But Sarah denied it, saying, I didn't laugh, for she was afraid. And he said, no, but you did laugh. <laughs> oh, boy. Hebrews 11, 11, 6. But without faith, it is impossible to please him. For he who comes to God must believe that he is and that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. James 1, 17 through 18. Every good gift and every perfect gift is from above and comes down from the father of lights with whom there is no variation or shadow of turning. Of his own will he be brought us forth by the word of truth that he might be the kind of first fruits of his creatures. And I love this expression, the shadow of turning, meaning, you know how uh, sometimes the enemy will talk to us or when we talk to ourselves, we almost talk ourselves into things through it. And this shadow of turning is the best way to describe it, where you convince yourselves from diff different angles, meaning uh, let's say you're trying to d decide on a new job and you really feel in your gut that it's not the right thing, but mm -hmm. you try to talk yourself into it. So you're like, but it'll make a lot of money. And they're like, but then you start to remember, oh, but it'll take you away from your family. And you say, but that's okay. I think I can manage all of them. And, you know, you just, it's the shadow of turning. It's the, oh. this way, that way, so this way. Explain that because I didn't get it. And God doesn't do that. When God speaks, he says one thing. You know what I mean? And that promise stays that promise for all of time. So that's why um, our pastors are constantly saying everything in the Bible that's a prophecy that has not come true yet must come true because God doesn't lie and he doesn't vary. He doesn't adjust what he says. There is no shadow of turning in what and God says. It's clear what he means. And it's clear. Mm -hmm. Even though you can't see it, you know what I mean? Like, like Abraham and Sarah, he said that they're going to have a child and they went to Hagar. You know, that's a shadow of turning. Like you took God's words and you manipulated them to give an outcome that your head can understand. God's mm -hmm. like, nope, that's not what I meant. It's like when it reminds me of when uh, the kids are really small, like they're like two and they're walking and you begin taking them to the grocery store. And then when you're, what I would do as you're exiting the grocery store is say, okay, when I say stop, what does that mean? It means, and they go, what do you mean? I go, what does it mean when I say stop? I mean, stop. 
Does it mean slow down? <laughs> no. Does it mean run faster and then stop where you want to go? No. It, it means stop. Where when I are. say stop, it means because you're going to be in danger if you don't. So understand right. when I say stop is we're entering the parking lot. Right. And uh, and so this is like telling God telling you when I say this, it's, it just means one thing. Like you on the grocery store. <laughs> <laughs> the little voice in your head said, stop. You're like, let me just go 300 feet more. <laughs> She's talking about when I jumped onto a grocery cart and rode it into the parking lot. Yes. And I, I lost a little bit of control. <laughs> And I fell on my knee. I'm still suffering six months later from this knee injury. Yes. Oh, from a little trip on the grocery cart. It was, my, it was very important. I just have to say. <laughs> to go there. Proverbs 16, 7. When a man's ways please the Lord, he makes even his enemies to be at peace with him. Won't he do it? The Lord will make the crooked path straight. You don't see how it's going to happen. You can't imagine how it's going to happen. But when we are obedient to God, he works the details out. Right. There's a part of this proverb 16 that also talks about when you're slow to anger. Yes. What was that? Where was that? Was that a man that? must be slow to anger. Yeah. Yeah, the person. And he who is slow to anger is better than the mighty. And he who rules his spirit than he who takes a city, having control so even of our spirit, you know? Yeah, I, and I, I don't know what people think when I do this, but I, it takes me back to being a police officer that the one thing that people noticed about me is that I could be in a very, in a situation that's very heated or very flammable, and I would be able to talk it into a, a calmness. Very and I had other friends, and there's certain, and there's those guys that you go, man, I hope they don't show up to this call because they're going to ruin everything. <laughs> like you just get everything calmed down and somebody good comes in, someone, you know, like, what the F is going on here? You're a big boat. And then all of a sudden the fight's out. I go, why did you do that? I had everybody calm down. Right. But uh, that slow to anger is so important in so many things. Uh, it also can drive people nuts. And as a as, as an employer of people that work for me as assistants in the past, they said, "Why don't you ever get mad? You need to get mad because this is." I go, "No, that's yeah. not my thing. I hired you to get mad at these people. I'm going to ah. tell you." <laughs> but that is really uh, it's it can be mighty. It actually throws people off. Like, why aren't you getting mad? It like, does. Why are you not yelling and screaming at me? And it it it, uh, it causes people to think, oh, "Wait a minute, I don't really get in a fight at this point." And you're not fighting with me. It doesn't mean to say I didn't get in any fights, but it, it was very rare uh, to get into a fight or even pull my gun out. Um, but it's such an important thing. Absolutely. The other thing is uh, in, the, in the thought for today, you never know what you are made of until you are tested. And that is, oh, I, I, I uh, you know, tell the kids, just keep, go push, go a little bit farther than you feel you can do. I'm not saying. Tell myself that. <laughs> I'm as a uh, as a as sometimes coach of entrepreneurs that you know are afraid to speak or afraid to go live on a live stream or whatever, um, where they have to get into a, a place where they just feel uncomfortable. Uh, you know, I just got to push the button. Yep. And push that live button, which is on this thing, or you have to step out of that stage and don't don't say, you know, I'm a little bit nervous. No, don't say that. Just get up and start speaking. I'll try. Yeah. <laughs> Hi, oh, is this on? Okay. <laughs> I never do this. Why'd you say that? Uh, right. Just start talking. Let's go. Let's go. It's a, you never know what you're made of until you're tested. 
test yourself. Let's do that. It's so important. There's a lot of good lessons in the Bible. Who knew the Bible was so much, so full of good advice? Well, and also it's the, when you know the Lord is testing you. Yes. So you know you're where you're supposed to be, and yet it's you, you are walking in a fire. And that's mm-hmm. like the way I describe my relationship with my daughter, where it's like I, it's, can be so contentious and I know where we end up. And I just, sometimes you just think how, and I so often, especially now since our personal relationships improving so much, I realize how there are times when you can really break the progress you make Um, because you need to maintain the fruit of the spirit. You need we as the believers need to maintain the discipline and self-control of being slow to anger and being kind and being patient and long suffering to demonstrate something to a person who doesn't believe us or isn't mm-hmm. going the way that we go that we think they should go but we're holding on to a lord's promise and so he'll test you and test you and test you and say oh so huh you still you you still going to stick through this, stick with this yes lord Sticking with it. You gonna <laughs> stick with this? Yes, Lord. I'm sticking with it. You know? Yeah. Oh, now thinking about dog training when you talk about that, but uh, having that ability to adjust is so important. Like you can have this calmness that there's times where you need to bring up the level a little bit, mm-hmm. whether it's the sound of your voice or the way that you grab a hold of them <laughs> uh, or stop the car and say, okay, listen, we're not going any further until we have this talk. And then being able to adjust to, all right, now. Yeah. You're back to, you know, like happy mom, happy dad. Yep. And they, they, they'll understand the difference. Understanding the difference is, uh, is key to getting through to some people. Is that not holding a grudge. That's the, because mm. it's easy sometimes to get Don't angry. Don't let the and sun get, go down on your anger. You get angry and then you stay in anger. Yes. Like, yeah. The anger happened. Now let's move on and, and do something else. And thank you for adjusting. And you thank them for making adjustments. Yes. Too. All right. Wow, there's a lot of goodness in this devotional. I, I like what Smith, what does he say here? He says uh, um, that he is like, he gets like all passionate about Passionate. That. Where was that? No subject in the whole Bible makes my body aflame, aflame. with passion after God and his righteousness as this one does. <laughs> yes. It reminds me of the day we met. I made my body aflame with passion. <laughs> Did you get the tingles? To, yes, I had to tamp down those those flames. Oh. I didn't want you to know. I was really trying to. <laughs> you did to, not hide it at all. I said, uh, "Hey, you want to go to McDonald's?" <laughs> <laughs> and me, you're like, "Okay." We're thinking about going to McDonald's, Beverly Hills woman. <laughs> and, and you said, "Where are we going to sit?" In the in the parking lot. I'm, I'm all that. This is a true story. This is our second date. Um, yeah, that was something else. COVID times. So I'm so I was so smooth. Smooth. We're gonna go to McDonald's and we're gonna sit in the parking lot on the in the middle of the parking lot on the ground. Yes, on the ground in the parking lot. Yeah, eat our food. That's <laughs> no, what we did on the concrete. On the concrete. asphalt. Asphalt. It was actually asphalt. It wasn't concrete. It was asphalt. With my six kids or whatever. <laughs> How many did I have? You, Five. Yes. Four. So, oh my gosh. Yeah. Four kids. And the four youngest ones. Wow. 
what a first date that was. Because you can't count the first time we met. That's that's right. when we met. And then our first date was in the parking lot of the McDonald's with my four kids sitting in the parking lot. That is no lie. And she's still here. Yeah. Sitting right here next to me. With no regrets. No regrets. Really? <laughs> God will test you. You said no regrets with a little bit of a... <laughs> no, no regrets. <laughs> Come on. I'm just playing. So much fun. Then I, I made up for it because then I took her to uh, President Donald Trump's golf course. In, oh, uh, that was so in, sweet. Uh, Palisades. That was beautiful. That was, and I was packing my, my gat. Yes. To protect you. And you never did from that day forward. I haven't on occasion. I just haven't had a link. <laughs> don't tell people I don't always carry it. He doesn't ever carry it. Yeah, just kidding. I don't know. I'm going to have to start carrying it because it's crazy out there. It really is. I'm going to carry it when I go north. North, like what's to LA. <laughs> oh, that's north. Okay. I mean, yeah. You have to carry something. I either carry it. So you, I'm armed right I have my, I have this. Yes. My silent killer. Yes. I have that. I, and I practice. There's different pants. You have to practice getting it out with different oh. pants. Some pants are tighter. Gonna, and we watched a lot of shows with stabbings at different points. Oh, people's heads. I'd be like a guy in prison, like with a shiv. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, folks. That's a real bad digression. <laughs> He's just a manly man. <laughs> no, I have moves for, I, I go through these little scenarios in my head. Like, like if they want like my wallet or something like that. So uh -huh. I get my wallet. I carry it in my front pocket. You've you talked yourself through the yeah, thing. I know how to do nice. Okay. Yeah, I know how to do things. I go through the the little banter that I'm going to use. Oh, to, to distract with your magic tricks. Yes. Yeah. You have to go through the banter. Watch his hand. Watch his hand. Yes. Watch his hand. Right. <laughs> right. I go, Are you sure you don't want my watch instead? <laughs> and then they go, and then I pull out the shiv, and they hear all the last thing they hear is a click. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> Oh boy. Uh, of course the comments. Dexter. <laughs> yes. No, we learned. Uh, we learned through watching a, a TV show called um, True Story. Right? Yes. True Story. You got to see it if you haven't seen it. Um, it's, uh, what's his name? The comedian. Oh my God. Uh, Hart. Kevin Hart. Kevin Hart. And Wesley Snipes. And Wesley Snipes. Oh, what a good show. A, a, a good show where... They, somebody ends up, well, they think somebody's, well, somebody's dead early on. And instead of calling the police, they, they go, well, we can't call. I'm, per, I'm super famous. It's going to, uh, <laughs> come TMZ, up with some TMZ is going to come and it's going to, it's going to, I'm, I'm at the height of my career. Yeah. And let's, uh, let's get rid of the body. Oh, uh, <laughs> we're both going, no, just call the police. <laughs> oh, famous last words. Just get rid of the body. So Jan French says Dexter. And I think and for a second I go, yeah. No, we're gonna. We're, hey, this is what happened. The guy came at me. He wanted my wallet, and I shipped him <laughs> instead of giving him your wallet. <laughs> you know, we are in the smash and grab era now, where you're supposed to hand them your wallet. Oh, oh my gosh! Well, the most important thing is you have to say you feared for your life. Just remember those words. Yes, I was in life. imminent danger of physical harm. <laughs> Wait a how this turned from a devotional to how to stay alive at LA? <laughs> <laughs> Oh, but yes. So I'm gonna take my pepper spray tomorrow to Koreatown. Then definitely downtown. Yeah, you take your get. I can't. God, I can't shoot someone. Why not? <laughs> I can't. It's so easy. I've done it twice. Oh, <laughs> oh no. Oh. Pull the trigger. <laughs> Aim. 
Aim. Make sure you have a good Aim's background. Good. Make sure you have a good background. I might look somebody who try to steal my purse and I'll flip out. <laughs> well, if you have it in your purse, it could be hard enough that you just swing it at them and hit them in the head <laughs> right. and knock them out. Anything else, love? Do you want to talk about? No, I think ways? that's it. <laughs> that's it. Oh goodness! Gracious. I can't believe that you take you take these devotionals in such odd directions. I sometimes. take them nowhere but to God, and you <laughs> derail us. You asked me why I wasn't wearing my Gap more often. There you go. I didn't know you were uh, a ninja. Yes. And then if I forget my knife, I have these, these are... <laughs> weapons of mass destruction. Yes. <laughs> he pointed to his hands for those on the podcast. Oh, and yeah, I showed a knife earlier, but you can't see it. You heard the click of my of my amazing knife. I love my knife. My friend Beverly gave that to me Aww. as a gift. Oh, She's sweet. passed away. She yes. used to be on her show a lot. But, yes. Uh, she gave that to me as a gift. It was awesome. Our dear friend Beverly. May she rest in peace with the Lord. Oh, oh, I almost forgot. Did you know that we are one of the top five recommended podcasts podcast by Christian Post? Dot com. Fantastic. Yes. This is how you listen to us on the Edify app. This podcast is part of the Edify Podcast Network. Edify is a faith-inspiring app that brings together thousands of the best Christian podcasts in one place for your listening enjoyment. Cut through the noise and grow your faith by diving into the world's top Christian podcasts today. Download the Edify app for free from the App Store or Google Play or by going to edify.app. That's E-D-I-F-I dot app. E-D-I-F-I dot app. <laughs> I was rubbing my stomach. I was thinking how hungry I am. All right, my friends. We love you guys. God Have bless. Have a great rest of your night. Thanks for- Have a great uh, weekend. Yeah. Too. Yeah. God, we'll, we'll see us this weekend. God bless. Oh, no. May not. Oh, I, my gosh. We are going to be separated this weekend for the most part. Yes, but we'll be back in the evenings. All right, we'll try to we'll try to get one in another late night where we can play our music and talk. <laughs> All right, we love you. Good night. God bless.